Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 44th episode of the podcast on October 23rd, 2013. Double fours. Gotta give a shout out to my brother, Sword Hunter, who actually uh, does part of the, the intro there. He's the one who introduces mm-hmm. us. He turns 24 uh, today, but he's all the way in China. I don't know, maybe experiencing some Chinese basketball. That's that's big there. Nice. Some basketball. I, I I don't think he's going to a game because <laughs> he's there for business, but I'm just trying to relate it to sports there. Since China doesn't even like the internet to begin with, so Yeah. I mean, yeah, a little birthday of basketball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's just hanging with Yao Ming for his no birthday. Big deal. Whatever. <laughs> he's, he's like six foot. Pretty good. For a point guard? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're getting way off topic. Um, how are you this sports week, Joel? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know World Series. I mean, probably not the teams that we would have wanted for this, but uh, it's happening. So It's true. That's true. It is the first game of the World Series tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, starting in less than an hour, about half hour or so, and we get to talking about that in mm-hmm. our red zone. But, you know, coming off of last week, uh, we were talking about the Andrew Wiggins hype, the uh, incoming freshman for Kansas college basketball. Uh, not much has happened on that front. A lot of, uh, I think people are picking Michigan State to do really well as far as, you know, more polls coming out. Yeah, good coach. So they're getting hyped up in this that part of the state where I am residing. Uh, we talked about Texas fans cheering Matt Schaub's injury. They did play Case Keenum, uh, yeah. who went to college at Houston and, and had a surprising game. Wow, yeah, close game, close game. Um, as, as far as I remember, right, that was a close. Yeah, game. yeah, it was really close. I think I was thinking of the the St. Louis game. Like now, that one wasn't close. Yeah, considering who they were playing, it was very close. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that was the, what, the one-point victory against Kansas City, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or law, or the one-point victory. Kansas yeah. City got the one-point victory. Only, yes, that's... Can- uh, Kansas City undefeated still. The only undefeated team. That's, what a surprise. That's wild. I mean, I know I picked them to make the playoffs. <laughs> I picked them to make a, a wild-card team. I didn't think they'd be no. that good. But, you know, a new new coach, new quarterback, that's a big change of scenery. Mm-hmm. And then also the uh, ALCS and NLCS are resuming, and they have now come to a conclusion. But again, we'll get to the baseball playoffs later. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the red zone, though. We uh, start at the 20-yard line when we cover our three biggest sports stories of the week and give a little predictive element. Miami finally got the punishment handed down from the NCAA. We've been talking about for weeks and weeks like, yeah, what about that, that Miami punishment we were talking about? You know, Tennessee might get in trouble for Arian Foster. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Penn State got the uh, their punishment sort of retracted a little bit. And we're like, well, what about that Miami? You know, the Melvin the, Shapiro, the athletic booster who for years, like 10 years at least, they've been doing illicit activities, you know, giving players money and all this stuff. And it, they've investigated for three years. 
over just years of allegations and wrongdoing and whatnot. Now, Miami had self-imposed a two-year postseason ban and cut some scholarships, but they handed down the punishment. That is, they being the NCAA. And it's uh, nine college football scholarships over three years taken away. Yeah. And some college basketball things. Well, the uh, the former coach from Miami, who's now at Missouri, is uh, suspended for five games. Oh, slap on the wrist. Uh, pretty underwhelming, all things considered. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this? Well, I... I... I mean, you got to think that the self self imposed sanctions that they put against themselves had a lot to do with this decision. Also, the fact that you know seems like with a lot of uh, a lot of the things that the NCAA investigates, they go back and they look at it, and they're always like, "Oh, well, we did a bad job with that." Mm. And I think that's another reason that maybe the Maybe it's not as bad as it should be. Maybe. I don't know. They they say they take things on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. And to me, this that is... means that they really have no rules, no set yeah. punishment. They And if you look into the backstory, there's a lot of backstory involving this. I mean, after three years, why wouldn't there be? But even the NCAA may have been bumbling things behind the scenes. It's just... Their incompetence level is surprising for trying to be so strict to make sure to maintain the amateurism and to make sure that these kind of things don't happen because they are student athletes, students above all else before they are athletes. And then you see things like this, and this was big when it came out. I mean, it was before all the Jerry Sandusky, and you know, it was kind of on the heels of USC. And you think of it. You know, even that comparison. The UC was one player, one Heisman Award-winning player, had to give the Heisman back. But then it was what thirty games yeah. that you know no longer count as wins. The wins vacated. And you yeah, compare you, that. USC to this. got hit the hardest of all sure. the schools by far. I mean, look at Oregon, too. Yeah. I mean, do, do we even remember what happened to them? No, because it was really nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatever happened to them is not going to impact that program at all. Um, you know, kids are still going to go there and stuff. I, if anything, you know, another big thing we can take from this is Miami's in pretty good position right now as far as this season goes. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes uh, you, you almost kind of wonder, uh, maybe because they're doing so well, that has something to do with it too. Yeah. Because why would we want to keep a team out of a bowl game when it looks like they're going to have a pretty good year? I mean, they could, you know, potentially might might only lose like a game or something like that. And I don't know. I it just it it kind of makes you wonder when they're having such a good year like it's kind of like the opposite of Ohio State. Last right. year, they're having such a great year, and if it wasn't for that, then uh, everyone likes to complain about that. You know, last year, oh, they went undefeated, blah 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 blah. You know, so I don't know. It's just it's interesting to to think about like how upset would they have been if they were banned from a bowl game this year, and they potentially somehow went undefeated. Yeah. Well, they 
How many losses do they have? I'm trying to none. They're really? undefeated. Wow. Yes, they're in the top ten. Ah. I yeah, it's good they're, to see the U back there, but yeah, I um, mean it's I don't know. I guess you could potentially say it's probably Florida State's hardest game left under their schedule. That's true. That's true. Um, we make the play here, and it's kind of looking um, a little bit way in the future, but we ask, will anything about the NCAA's punishment policies change in the next year? I mean, they've started to you know, face some scrutiny from you know, both the media and the public. Will they do anything to change how they approach things? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe be a little more thorough before you hand out bans and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like they take their time plenty when mm. they're doing these things, but it, for some reason they always miss something. Like, we were all sure that the Johnny Manziel thing was a slam dunk. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, that goodness. was all said and done, but look at that. I mean, look at what's happening with that. It's crazy, it's, yeah. It's to the point where you've got a player basically mocking the NCAA and, in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to a lot of people, they're kind of a laughing stock. I mean, the way that they've screwed up a few things. But, uh, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can potentially change who's in charge of things, too. I, I, I mean, because it just doesn't seem like a lot of the times that they're doing, they're trying to figure out in these investigations what's going on. Um, it seems like they don't always have all the information they need before they hand out punishment. Hmm. Or they can't find the information. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're they're not like the police or anything like that. So it's it's a little bit different. Um, I mean, it's kind of like when it's kind of like when you know MLB investigates something. Like they can they can talk with police and law you know, law enforcement people and stuff like that. But they aren't yeah. that. So it's kind of harder for them to determine what exactly a punishment should be. So what do you think? Do they change anything? Uh, I don't see them really changing anything, at least for a while. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm cynical on this one. I think as long as Mark Emmert remains the president of the NCAA, <laughs> I think their incompetence knows no bounds. As they'll step out of bounds on the sidelines... As they go down the sidelines. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> um, let's get to the 10-yard line. Joel, what's happening there? All right, so we, we got the first uh, BCS uh, rankings out this ooh, week. Ooh, ooh. You know, the things that everyone's just like, oh, well, we'll see when that comes out. And, well, we're finally there. We're finally to that point in the season. And, you know, the team, at least when we started at the top, the team that we thought would be there at number one is still there. Alabama is still ranked number one in the BCS. Um, probably, a, I'd, I'd say surprise at number two, would yeah. you say? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, considering you've got a brand new quarterback and you really weren't sure if that defense was going to be better or not, uh, Florida State, they're look number where, two. Look where the computers have them ranked. Yeah, it, and it has have... to do with, um, I'm sure that the Maryland game and the Clemson game really have them ranked up there it's high. the style points. Yeah. It's all the points that they racked up against, you know, the competition, the blowout wins. 
Yeah, I mean, you go on the road at Clemson, that's mm. going to help you in it's every It's the most point. impressive win this year. Yeah, and uh, not only that, but the, the way that you beat them, you know, what everybody considered a very good offense, you they only, let's say, they only scored seven points. They really, if you watched the entire game, which I know many people didn't, um, they we got were really building that late, one up for the whole year. They got a really late touchdown year. at the end of the game, like it. That didn't even really matter. That game was over in the, probably the end of the first quarter. Yep. Um, and re- I mean, uh, really, um, you know, we all want to talk about Jameis Winston. It's it's Florida State's defense is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, secondary is just really really good. Um, yeah, and and not only that, but uh, you know, we talk about Clemson's receivers. We all think they're really good. Probably not nearly as good as Florida State's receivers. Wow, they're very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, then Oregon, number three. Um, we expect them to be somewhere up there. You know, yep. they they always get they're always high in the regular polls because they get lots of style points because they score lots of points. Well, for them, it's been not as much competition, but mm-hmm. when you've got UCLA and Stanford back to back weeks coming up, uh, yeah. They're, they're, they win those games, they're easily going to two. If they if they go undefeated the whole season, I have no there's no question they'll be one or two. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um so, you know, that we get to see them against some some real competition later. That'll that'll be fun to watch. Um then Ohio State, you know, still undefeated. Um I don't know. I I, I think what's interesting with them is that they still are so high in the computer rankings mm-hmm. to me because like I'd expect them to be high in the other polls because, you know, they won all their games and they have coming off of last year. A lot of people put them high because of last year. So that helps them. Um, but it's the it's their schedule, which will hurt them in the long run, mm-hmm. I think, because I don't really see them moving up too high. No, the Big Ten isn't as strong this year. Yeah, and it, it, they what they their problem is that they need to schedule better out out of conference teams, and sometimes you don't really know who's going to be good. But I don't think anybody like Cal would be good at this point. So um, they 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 need to fix that in the long run. They need to get better out of conference because that's until until you know the Big Twelve. You got a lot of teams rebuilding until in the Big Ten. A lot of teams rebuilding until they all get back on track you need to get a better out-of-conference schedule. Yep. Uh, Missouri bumped up nine spots or something like that. Yeah, you beat, you beat Florida in that SEC competition. The computers love them. They're at number yeah. three there. Uh, that's just the SEC talk, and that's, that's impressive. It does, it does feel weird because it's been... I mean, obviously it was back when they were in the Big 12 was the last time they were ranked that high. They were. I think they got up to like two at one point. Before they lost to uh, Oklahoma yeah. or something like that, um, but yeah, you you gotta think though if they had if they had their starting quarterback, they would be even more of a threat than they oh, are. Oh yeah, I oh, mean it's definitely. it's crazy what they did to Florida's defense last week though. I you still can't not be impressed with that. Um, and then Stanford, another Stanford team. Would- Stanford with the loss, but you know that a big win against UCLA that helped. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think they're going to be, you know, I think that they'll still be a team that you'll consider for a BCS game at the end of the year. I still think they're, 
superior to, you know, UCLA, Washington, that kind of thing. But That's too bad. I had him in the, uh, the national championship game there. Not going to be making that one, I don't think. Well, I, you know, I, I guess... I'm, <laughs> Stranger things have happened. U- Utah's getting better out there in that conference. I think they're just kind of stepping up their recruiting and stuff. So they, I think they kind of snuck up on Stanford and surprised them. Um, then Miami, who we talked about, probably the one team that... Probably the one undefeated team that nobody's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Except for sanctions. <laughs> Because well, I I forgot they're undefeated. Yeah, because, yeah, they've won they all really their games. They really are. They, I mean, uh, early in the year they got that really tough win against Florida, and everybody nobody thought they would win that game. And that's been it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're the hard part of their schedule is still to come up. Um, they get Florida the, State in two. Yeah. Weeks. So, but yeah. yeah, so you got you got to think. Uh, you've got Stanford. It's going to play Oregon. Um, you've got. Alabama is probably going to play Missouri. Um, Are they? It, well, if Missouri keeps winning, if Missouri keeps winning, then Missouri would be in the. They'd come from that side of the SEC. Oh yeah, for the East. Yeah, yeah I, I mm-hmm. say they don't have them but, on like the I mean, regular season. I don't necessarily yeah. know if Missouri is even going to be favored in every single game to that point, but they should be. I think they should be. Because I think they're better than all the teams that they play before that. Um, uh, so yeah, then you've got uh, them playing each other. You've got Miami playing Florida State. Um, and then at eight, you've got Baylor. Mm-hmm. And then if you go down two spots, you've got uh, Texas Tech, who will play Baylor at some point, too. Yeah. And both those teams are undefeated. Then you've got Clemson, who I think they still have to play Miami, don't they? I think so. Maybe. Um, looking at, I'm looking at the standings right now. You know, yeah. Missouri is they're two games up on you know the SEC. East. Yeah, that's uh, exactly the point. They could still lose and go. But that's, that's still great positioning. Oh, yeah. I mean, what it is is this past week. Just, I mean, they had a part in that too because they beat one of those teams, but. All those teams lost again. Yeah, we didn't expect Georgia is just so depleted by injuries. All the injuries are killing them. Yeah, it's 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 Aaron Murray and a bunch of the scout team playing on. Clemson does not play Miami in the regular season. There. Okay. All right. Well, then they as far as is on the outside looking in now, pretty much. Then. Yeah, and as far as the ACC right now. Actually, Virginia Tech is right now undefeated in the conference. So as far as the, the Coastal Division, they're battling Miami Okay, on top yeah. of that. Uh, but yeah, um, That's another reason that Alabama is ranked so high, because Virginia Tech hasn't lost any more games. Mm, yeah, that, I mean, that makes that win even, look even better. For sure. Um, and then we've got Auburn, another team. Really, really surprising this year. Um, that was a big win against Texas A&M. Oh, huge win! And I, I see. I didn't really think either defense was very good, but I thought that you know Auburn's. I was sure. Like I, I was just thinking Auburn can run the ball. Texas A&M is like Texas on defense. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. You know, we round out top fifteen with uh, UCLA. Just. Coming off of a loss, LSU. Coming off of a loss, 
Um, a surprising loss. Mm. Uh, and then Virginia Tech, who only has that loss to Alabama, and then Oklahoma, who, let's see, who do they lose to? They lost to Texas. Yes, the Red right. River rivalry. A&M, Fresno, Fresno State. There's a possible uh, BCS buster, right? That's an unbeaten for you, yeah. Yeah. Same with uh, Northern Illinois or the MAC. Yeah, I've watched a few of their games. They're pretty good. Um, Northern Illinois is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma State, uh, Louisville. Oh, that crushing Coming loss. off that that's, loss. Oh, my goodness. Big time loss there. But I think probably the best team on their schedule that they yeah. lost to. Um, South Carolina lost last mm-hmm. week. Um Let's see. Michigan can't believe Michigan's there, but that's has. Ridiculous. They have a bye week. They do have a bye week coming up, but they have the the one loss. Okay. Um, I I don't think it's necessarily that bad though, because I think Penn State's gonna be all right. They'll be all right, but that's a still a tough way to lose. And they have scored a lot of points, but their defense is civ like right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Then UCF, you know, so fly. definitely a good team. Uh-huh. Uh, was it Blake Bortles? I think that's the quarterback's name. And uh, everyone's calling him Bortle Combat. And then Nebraska. Oh, gosh, I haven't even kept track of them lately. Um, and then Oregon State, State sneaking in there mm-hmm. at 25. Watch out. They might take somebody out. Yeah. So out of the the top ten being Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Missouri, Stanford, Miami, Baylor, Clemson, and Texas Tech, we make the play here. Will a team currently outside the top ten play in the national championship game at the end of the year? I don't think they do. Um, you, that would need a lot of teams to fall. And even then, when you know those teams get one loss, you compare those to the other one loss teams. They're still going to have, you know, a favorable time. I, I don't see any of those teams outside, you know, making it all the way. Yeah. Unless something like you know Auburn, you know, if they're, what is Auburn at right now in terms of wins and loss? Uh, uh, they have one loss have against one loss, yeah. One loss against LSU. So yeah. if something like Auburn runs the table. And they beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. So they get the tiebreaker and they represent the West in the SEC Championship game. And then they win that. I think that's the only way that happens. And let's see, that game, uh, if I can actually so you know, click on y- it. So you think if both Florida State and Oregon go undefeated, well, and Ohio State, and... Auburn does that, they jump all of them. They might jump all of them into the two. I think the NCAA is so slap happy with SEC. Well, no, I I can understand that. Because, you know, every year they have so many teams with a lot of talent. Like, it's, it's really hard to compare that to anything else every single year. Like, there are some years where... Like, the ACC is doing much better this year, but oh, yeah. they're clearly not to the point of, like, the Pac-12. 
and the Pac-12 is still not to the point where it's the SEC. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely understand that because it's probably the hardest places to play are down there, and yeah, the, most talents down there. Auburn's at home against Alabama in that Iron Bowl at the end of the year. Uh, but then still, like a lot of chips would have to fall into place for that to happen. I don't see a team outside of the top ten right now. Yeah, cracking it and making that national championship game. Yeah, I, I mean, even like I was saying, you can take all those teams that play each other and take one of them out. You know, because you you have to. Um, but I honestly, I think. I think Florida State's schedule is too easy. They shouldn't lose a game. Yeah. If they do, that's it's going to be just like every other year where you're really disappointed in them because yeah. there's right now they are so much better than all the other teams in their conference and it's not even really close. It the two best teams I think that were on their schedule, they destroyed them. Mm. I mean, it, those games were well, over we'll see so that fast. Miami game. Yeah, I mean, Miami's gonna have to play a heck of a game, but and they I, they still have to play Florida, and Florida's defense is good enough to hold them down. I just don't think they can score. Yep. Um. I don't know. That that's how they could win their conference and still lose a game. <laughs> um. Let's see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't see anybody outside the top ten, re, re, unless I don't know. Cam Newton came back and played for <laughs> Auburn, <laughs> and I don't think it's happening. Uh, you never know. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but is reincarnated in the quarterback. Strange things happen in college football, especially this season, man. I'll tell you. Well, at the five yard line story, go to baseball. Uh, we had the. You know, ALCS and NLCS wrap up. We have the Boston Red Sox hosting the St. Louis Cardinals in the first game. That is just about to throw the first pitch. Literally just within the minute about to throw the first pitch. Um, you know, from the NLCS standpoint, we you know hoping that the Dodgers could have pulled it off. But, you know, the starting pitching was too much for St. Louis. You know, and their staff, for how young it is, uh, they've done an amazing job. They've got a lot of, a lot of fight there. Yeah, I I think that you know you have like carryover though too from like players who've been there before. That yeah. always helps. Yeah. Um, that organization in general has so much playoff experience. I think that's got to help them. But a new manager, Mike Matheny. Um... Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. It's it's almost like it's culture there to be in the playoffs in a way. <laughs> in a way, yes. yes it is. <laughs> they like to think their brand of baseball is better <laughs> than everyone else. So. It may make the fans insufferable a bit, but you know we'll see. That Boy, are they out. gonna like those Red Sox fans? <laughs> oh, I know two <laughs> fan bases made for each other, pretty much. Um, I mean, I know I was partial to the ALCS matchup because you know Detroit Tigers, uh, being mm-hmm. the hometown team, were in there. And I'll give you a stat that shows you why it turned out the way it did, despite the the stellar starting pitching, save for the last game. That the mm-hmm. Tigers had, you know, the first few games were just you know historic clips, but in the last three innings in each game, the Red Sox outscored the Tigers twelve to one. That is the difference. Simply yeah. put, I mean, the Boston's bullpen with Uehara is 
<laughs> lights out right now. Uh, he, right now, Uehara is looking to be the next coming of Mariano Rivera. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he keeps it up this way. Uh, really, really impressive stuff. And uh, tough for the Tigers as well because uh, manager Jim Leland you know, stepped down and he's resigned after that series. So mm-hmm. that team with that payroll and star players and Max Scherzer is going to be a free agent in the offseason and looking for a new manager. It's going to be an interesting time of change in Detroit when, you know, they haven't, you know, these eight years that Jim Leland's been the manager, you know, they went to the playoffs four times, three mm-hmm. LCS's appearances, two World Series appearances, no titles. But, you know, you compare four playoff appearances in the last eight years versus four appearances before that since the 1960s. Yeah. It really changed the culture of baseball in Detroit. and Yeah, and, and hopefully that means that, you know, whoever does take over, it's it, it does kind of, they, they've kind of gone through the experience and they can kind of carry it over. You'd hope, uh, but at the same time, well, I, you know, Jim Leland is staying in the organization, so that's it's mm-hmm. a good thing, a valuable, valuable experience. Um, but right now, it's kind of the debate between do they go and get someone from outside the organization, someone new? Uh, you know, younger managers seem to you know, have success. It would be a bit, you know, breaking the mo of what the Tigers do. But there's also internal options. You know, there are a couple bench coaches, whether it's Lloyd McClendon, the hitting coach, or Gene Lamont, the uh, the bench coach. Uh, I'd rather not see those two become the manager. I'd rather see a fresh face. Uh, name circling around right now is Brad Osmus, hmm. uh, former catcher of the Tigers and other teams. Uh, was close to getting the Washington Nationals job, considered to maybe even be uh, current potential successor for Davey Johnson once he steps down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd be interested in seeing that name uh, as a former Tigers player become the manager there. He's he's kind of a hot name as far as new managers go. And please not Dusty Baker. <laughs> like, no, please. I know even you know Tony La Russa and Jim Leland are friends. Please don't bring Tony La Russa out of retirement to coach the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Don't replace old with more old. But anyway, the World Series, I just had to kind of get the Tigers rant and stuff off my chest there. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that, was a, that was a tough series. So I'm partial to Boston in this series. Yeah. I, I really do like, you know, their starting pitching is solid enough, you know, to at least compete there. And they do have the offensive pi- firepower. Yeah, know- both teams pretty good offensively and defensively. Like, kind of, if you were just walking in this game and looking at the players, you'd be like, this is kind of a. It could go either way. Mm-hmm. I think it will be really close, but I'm going to give the edge to Boston's bullpen as we make the play here. Who wins the World Series? I'll give it to Boston in seven. I really think it's going to be a very, very close series. Mm-hmm. But the difference, I, that was so decisive. And I know Detroit has a not a good bullpen, but that was simply put open and shut decisive to see that bullpen work to near perfection um, mm-hmm. in that series. So... With, you know, Boston's bats will come back alive. They got those, all those beards. I thought you were going to say beers. <laughs> and, and beers. They're good. But the beards, I'll give them the power. I'll take Boston because also, boo on St. Louis. Hmm. 
I think I think I'm kind of leaning towards Boston as well. But like, and then I'm definitely thinking like, you know, like MVP. Mm. It's gotta be like Ortiz or Pedroia. Yeah. And I, I, I bet you, I bet you if I like, I was gonna say, I bet if I looked it up, they're probably like right there at the top of like the odds or whatever. Yeah. So this is a, those are two good. If you, if you, you're gonna bet on that, go with those two names probably. If you're going with Boston, (laughs) and then maybe like I don't know, Holiday. If you're going with the Cardinals. Yeah, could do. David Freeze has always had the ah. postseason heroics too, so you never know. Yeah, I'm. You got Boston. Boston how yeah. many games? Um, I want to say six. Six, yeah. A bit yeah. more decisive. Now it should be great baseball to watch. Looking forward to catching some of it after we finish recording up here. But we'll get into the replay, and we got to burn through these games here, games that happened. We started TCU at Oklahoma State, minus seven. Oklahoma State puts it together and deals with that Horn Frog defense. Yep. They, they got a, like, I'm pretty sure I was, I saw, like, a replay. They got, like, a ridiculous punt return, mm-hmm. or kickoff return, or, or maybe it was punt. I can't even remember. I think it was a kickoff return. One of those special um, returns. And it was, like, he ran... 130 yards to to score the touchdown. Like guys just barely getting him, and that I mean that was a, at the start of the game. Pretty much kind of set the pace for them. Yeah, so. that's true. Florida at Missouri plus three and a half. Yeah, Missouri they we're underdogs because of that injury to Franklin, their quarterback. <laughs> what an hell <laughs> of an backup effort. looked fine to me. 36, he was running all over the place. 36-17. See a Florida defense. Missouri's in Nobody has really done that to Florida all year either. I mean, you know, we can talk about their offense all we want, but mm-hmm. their defense, I looked solid. Spread out wide and open they, up they, holes in the defense. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. You know, if, if you're Florida State, watch that game and <laughs> kind of prepare for them at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then we had Auburn at Texas A&M, another, I guess you could say upset. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, definitely you know, upset. Uh, you know, a lot of people were picking it to be like a close game, that kind of thing. But, um, like, I was just, I just saw Texas A&M's defense and was like, oh, they're going to be able to run all over that. But you got, you know, Gus Malzahn's got to be like, yes, we can do this. Put a damper on the Johnny Manziel experience. He got injured for a bit, tried to come back late in the fourth quarter. It was not enough. Yeah, and wasn't it kind of like last week too? Mm, yeah. he, I, I wonder, the old, the wonder if that game, yeah. really like he couldn't push himself as hard. Well, I, you know that was the knee that time, but this was you know landed on elbow, shoulder, mm-hmm. so different parts. But getting beat up, it's but it's gonna happen. Yeah, they, I mean they gotta keep him healthy because they you know gotta win some more games. Mm-hmm. Stanford with a decisive win against UCLA when they were six point favorites, twenty four to ten. Uh, that's that's impressive. That's their defense. Wow. Yeah, shutting but, down the athletes. In US, yeah, n- UCLA, not, well. not many people are going to be able to do that at UCLA this year. So, uh, Ohio State wins handily 34-24, but they don't cover the 17. So as far as our uh, picks against the spread, got to give it to Iowa there. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the Iowa defense. I'm surprised yep. they you know scored enough points to keep up with it, but 
the defense is strong enough to keep it close. And even though Ohio State's at home, that was surprising. Yeah, you, it's interesting though. You kind of are starting to see some things about Ohio State that that make you maybe like some other teams that they're playing. Mm, yeah, just the matchup wise. It's it, it, one week it's their offense doesn't look good, and next week it's like wh- why did their defense give up that many points? Like, mm-hmm. interesting. It is it is different. The Florida State at Clemson. We were looking for that all year. Plus three, uh, Florida State favored. Just a beat down, fifty-one to fourteen. Like you said, you know, an extra touchdown for Clemson is garbage points. Yeah, Florida State didn't even have their first string defense in at that point. Mm-hmm. So I they they pulled the first string offense too in that game. So most surprising win and most impressive win I think of the year. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the extra point for those that had to pick it: Southern Cal at Notre Dame. You know, fourteen to ten game where the Irish were favored by three, so they cover. Uh, you know, doesn't have the luster as it did in past years with that rivalry. Yeah, no, Notre Dame's backup quarterback is really bad. <laughs> like the, it, it, like I don't think people ever thought they'd be like, no, where's the <laughs> put the other guy back in? But um, yeah, miss Everett Golson who's on that suspension from school. Mm-hmm. Academic issues. Uh, I had Indiana at Michigan. My Michigan Wolverines were favored by seven and a half, and I picked them. So oh, I thought gosh. they would throw in extra points to cover, just a backdoor cover, and they sure did do exactly that. Uh, defense could not stop Indiana. They got a lucky turnover at the end and made all the difference. Uh, they get a bye week before facing Michigan State, and they're going to need it. Because against that defense, I know you've got a good offense, and they do have Michigan State as kind of an incompetent offense, but they're getting better. Though they did only beat Fort, or Purdue this week 14 to nothing, and that's against Purdue. It's going to be a strange game, that what? one, during the second of What is happening in their defense? The past couple of weeks has just not looked like it. Like, early in the year, it was what won them so many games. I understand that they lost personnel and all that, and Indiana so, does have a, a spread offense. Well, they yeah, they lost personnel in the offseason, but it doesn't hmm. explain why they play relatively okay. I'll tell you what it is. The secondary is in position to make plays. Mm-hmm. And they are not making the plays. Mm. It's going through their hands. It's they mistiming their jumps. You look at that Christian Hackenberg drive against Penn State, and you see exactly that. Yeah, just like those those corners and safeties, like make the plays. Well, where they had success jumps. early in the year was you know stopping the run and then getting pressure. Mm. It seems like their front their front line is the strength of that defense. Both lines are disappointing, and it's going to lead to a disappointing Michigan season if it keeps up. Plain and simple. What about your game? Um, well, we were actually in that game at some point in like the third quarter. Still, we were—I think we were up by like eleven against something Texas like State, that. Yeah, yeah, and um, just we cannot stop their tight end at all. He had probably like hundred thirty yards receiving. Mm. Kids, uh, I think he's a junior. Yeah. Um, but I think he definitely said he's coming back next year already. But I, I think if he came out, he'd probably be one of the top, top tight ends drafted. He's really good. Right there in the middle of the defense every single time they needed a first down. Um, That's got to be and, tough to watch as a fan. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, because they're doing the exact same thing. But we just did, we didn't have anybody to cover him. I, I mean, our safeties aren't that big. They're good. They're really good safeties. It's just that... You can hit him as hard as you want. He's not going to drop the ball. Mm. So, uh, I mean, it was tough. Uh, 
they got a heck of a freshman quarterback and uh I mean really impressive start for uh you know the return the quarterback returning home to be to coach and the the funny thing about like the whole thing was uh all the women huh. <laughs> talking about how attractive Texas Tech's coach is. Huh. Um Cliff Kingsbury like Looks like a Agricrombie and Finch model. <laughs> it's really funny. He's, I, th- I believe he's like maybe the second or third oldest coach in all college football. Really young guy. But really good coach, considering that he had never been a head coach before. Um, really impressive what he's doing. And he'll have another huge test this week when they go to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, let's see, Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach at the Texas A&M, yep. coaching Johnny Manziel last year. So that's, yeah, that would make sense if you were a good he offense. He knows quarterbacks, he knows offense. He's, mm-hmm. He came there this year with two freshman quarterbacks, and he's making it work. Mm-hmm. And then they cover the five and a half to win by ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the point this season where, from my picks, you might just want to start picking the opposite. I went one and six this week with Michigan being the only win. That's bad. That's inexcusable. It's a bad year for me. You had four and three. You're back at 500. Kudos. Yeah, good thing West Virginia lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I- I'm looking at each of those, you know, results fall, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm even trying oh, to pick the man. upsets when you know they've been happening, and it just, nope. Sorry. Well, I, I don't know. I, the, the Auburn Texas A and M game that, I think, I think what it was is early in the week I had heard them talking about the matchup, and I just couldn't get over like how many rushing yards Auburn was getting, how much Texas A and M was giving up. Mm. And it's, they, just, it's just yeah. inexcusable for me. I got bets. Blah. NFL, uh, New England at New York Jets. Uh, another it's a surprising upset. Jets mm-hmm. win in overtime on a field goal. Uh, tip the referees off to the Ooh. pushing the linemen. Yeah. That was the first time I'd... Was that the first time that happened even? No, it happened uh, during a New Orleans game where Rob Ryan... Mm-hmm. Uh, was privy to it, so I don't know if he told Rex, you know, brother, you know, look at out here, here's, here's some tape for you. But that, uh, you know, that was uh, surprising. Yeah, definitely. And Tom Brady, you know, second game this year without throwing a touchdown after that long streak. I know he's, he's you know really short on interception. I know he's short on wide receiver talent, but it's Tom Brady. Like I, mean, I, I don't know if they're trying to. Escape the fact that, you know, age might be starting to catch up with them. Well, it's kind of weird because usually he doesn't, like, you never see him stare down receivers. Mm. But he was in that game. And, I mean, the there was an interception there near the end of the game that changed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Dallas at Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles favored by three. Dallas wins 17-3. You know, they're looking to be, you know, it's not much of a competition, but they're the best <laughs> team right now in the NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> It's just you can't pick and choose. I mean, they might very well make the playoffs because the rest of their conference or their division is awful. The Washington had a big win against Chicago. I know it gets that. That was really big. Yeah. 
Uh, Buffalo and Miami, minus nine and a half. Buffalo with the last second field goal. A lot of last second field goals mm-hmm. this week in the NFL. Uh, that was one of them. Game was cut close anyway, so we both picked Buffalo and got that one. What about Baltimore and Pittsburgh? Um, That's another last second field goal. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, pretty much even. Most of the game, settling for lots of field goals. Um but uh, consistent, like just consistently, especially that last drive of the game, Baltimore could not stop them at all. I mean, it seemed like every time they needed to, there was a wide receiver running across the middle of the field wide open. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh kickers have much better luck kicking the ball there than yes, they do than many other teams. So. Um, and pretty much once they got the first down, I didn't even watch it. I knew it was over. Um, but yeah, another big win for them, especially because it's in that division. Oh yeah. Um, and so well, Cincinnati's you know, holding some ground, but yeah, I mean, every if, little win. Though, you if they somehow start to win more games, come back, that would be quite a turnaround. It sure would. Uh, Denver at Indianapolis the game we were talking about is Peyton Manning. You know, came back home as the. Uh, Broncos were favored by six and a half. They were still undefeated. Colts knock them out. I mean, they got wins against Denver, Seattle, and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Then they lose to God, who? The Chargers. Yeah. And another team is not that good. Uh, that's maddening. If you're a Colts fan, uh, you know Denver stormed a comeback. That that game was you know bigger bigger of a blowout than it was at first. Uh, Denver storms a comeback, and Colts hold them off. Well, I think like that was the key—the fact that they got ahead by so much early, because you knew Denver was coming. You knew eventually they were going to figure out what they were doing wrong on offense and mm-hmm. fix it, because that's that's the one that that's probably the best unit on the field of those two teams is that offense, and the the fact that they just got up early really helped. I, really surprising because I I think we were all expecting Peyton Manning just kind of go off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they had him figured out early. Well, they sure. got the pressure to him. Uh, Robert Mathis, big big sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota New York Giants on Monday Night Football, just disgusting Monday Night Football game. I mean, <laughs> they probably thought at the beginning of the year Minnesota's a football or a playoff team. Giants, you know, they're a perennial team. Just a disgusting uh, matchup. Giants feared by three and a half. They get on the board with the win. Good for at least them. Giants 20. fans had something to yeah, something, be happy right. about. But otherwise, just a not watchable game of football. I mean, Minnesota started Josh Freeman. He was terrible with his completion percentage. Now he's just apparently injured. So they're back to the Christian Ponder experience. Meanwhile, the Browns are going with uh, Jason Campbell, like they should have done to begin with when he was their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I went 4-2. and two. He went 2-4. and four. I think you're back at 500 again with that one. So it's almost like yeah. a clean start there for you. And I'm still a few games in the hole. Not as bad as college football. Oh, no. Um, but we're getting there. Yeah. I just, I wish that the Pittsburgh-Baltimore spread would have been a little more because all their games are close. Mm-hmm. Like, they never have blowout wins against either, either one. Yeah. And th- that's exactly why that spread was pick them, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, we're getting the pick six now with our college football Picks for week nine. We started at Florida State, where the number two team in the country, now that they're using the BCS rankings, hosts 
NC State. So NC State at Florida State minus thirty one and a half. Woo. And we're starting at the middle of the day because all these you know ranked matchups are happening later in the day. Three thirty p.m. Eastern. I'm going to take North Carolina State mm-hmm. on this one. I think it's a letdown game. Big, big, big emotions for a huge game on the road at Clemson. You come back home against a lighter opponent. I think Florida State handles them solidly, but 31.5 is asking for a lot, especially coming after a, a big emotional win there. So I think it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Not a letdown where they're threatening to lose, although you never know with Florida State. These past several years, uh, give me North Carolina State when we're picking against the spread. Do you think now that like they're in that position in the poll that their coach is going to be like, you know, clearly we're better than these teams. We should just keep the gas pedal going. I mean, I thought you were going to say, like, is he going to take his foot off the gas and you better not? Oh, no, no, no. That That's what I mean, because clearly we already talked about it. If Oregon and them both win all the games, we know who's coming out at that. But if they're up big, rest Jameis Winston. And then, yeah. and then North Carolina State can come back and... <laughs> Get a back door. (laughs) (laughs) Well, didn't North Carolina State lose to Syracuse? Yes. Okay. That's a good thing to think about. Um, Yeah, 32 points is... uh, That's a lot. Yes, it is. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, you could win very comfortably and still not cover it. Um, Usually, I only... I feel like now I could probably throw Baylor in there too. Mm. Um, Oregon and Baylor are prob- yeah. probably the only teams that I would take these kind of spreads with. Um, I wouldn't do it for Alabama because Alabama doesn't win that way. Yeah. Um, so I, as impressive as Florida State's defense and offense have looked this year, um, I still don't think we're to the point where we should start giving them spreads like this. Okay, Vegas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I'm still going to take North Carolina State. I think I think like a three touchdown win is just fine. There's no need to embarrass them anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest Jameis Winston for a game you'll actually need him in. He could probably not even play this game, to be honest. Um Yeah. Thirty thirty two points is a lot. Alright, so you're taking the Wolf Pack as well. Texas Tech at Oklahoma minus seven. What do you have? Um, I think I'm going to take Texas Tech just because I've seen both teams. I've watched them. Um, and I think that, uh, I don't think Oklahoma has the answer for that tight end <laughs> mm. at all. Um, and I think Texas Tech has the better quarterback by far. Um, you put both Oklahoma's quarterbacks together and they wouldn't be that as good as Texas Tech's quarterback. Um. Yeah, I like Texas Tech. I think they can go on the road. You know, they'll say this is a big win, but obviously everyone's probably looking forward to them playing Baylor. So seven is a lot to give Oklahoma at home. So the smart pick would be to take Texas Tech and kind of cover your bases that way. I wouldn't take the risky pick because smart picks have gotten me nowhere <laughs> this year. So I'll take Oklahoma to cover. Uh, I think. Yeah, the home cooking will do them some good there. And it's more just a gut feeling than anything else. I'll take the Sooners. Lock things up for Baylor. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> South Carolina at Missouri. Or Missouri. 
minus three, and I'll take Missouri. I, they got to put some distance between them and the other SEC East foes if they want to, you know, lock down that division. Mm-hmm. And you're playing, you play Florida really well at home. They're not going to be sleeping on South Carolina. Now, obviously, the offensive line has to keep Jadavian Clowney in check. But for three, I like Missouri. Keep it going. Yeah. Um, man, Missouri's playing a pretty tough stretch. Um, but they're winning all the games pretty comfortably. And, uh, you know, I it's really interesting to see those former Big 12 teams come in. Last year was Texas A&M. This year, Missouri. Just kind of like taking over their sides of the conference in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I for one, think that's really funny. Just especially the people who, like, praise the SEC. Right. And honestly, you should because they've won all these titles and stuff. But it's really interesting to see the new teams come in and kind of take over in a way. Yeah. Um, a good picks by them, obviously. Um but yeah, I, I, you know Missouri. If they want to get to the where you know the goal at the end of the year that everybody wants to be in the SEC title game and compete for a national championship, they gotta keep winning these games. It helps to have that lead because they can go out and have a bad game and still be okay. But um, I don't know. I I don't. I think if they if Florida can couldn't stop them, I don't see how South Carolina is going to do it. Right. And I, I just, that Missouri offense is the key to pretty much all their games. Um, it's true. Yeah, I like Missouri. UCLA at Oregon minus twenty two and a half at seven p.m. Eastern. Who do you have in this? Um. See, I you know, like I still don't think Oregon's defense is as solid as Stanford's. I I like Stanford's up front more, but I think Oregon's secondary is really good. And if if they can just get a little bit of pressure pressure on UCLA up front, that's where I like that that I mean that's the reason that I think that they can pull away in the game. Obviously, they always do that in third quarter. They always right. kind of just turn it on after halftime. Um, but I think that there'll be like a defensive touchdown or something that'll pop this up over the spread i think that they'll be just on the edge it'll be like a 14 point kind of thing and then they'll kind of go over um i think ucla is just gonna be i think it's gonna be a letdown yeah for them because they had such high expectations and they just got dominated last week Uh, not only that but playing the two best teams back to back Mm -hmm. is so hard mentally yeah I, I don't see how UCLA is going to recover. And that that's the reason why I don't think they're going to be as up for this game as they would have been if they had won last week. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's tempting to pick UCLA here with a 22.5-point spread, but I've got Oregon covering. I don't know why I'd pick against Oregon. They've covered every week so far, it seems. And they so. haven't even like played that well sometimes. No. That's what's freaky about it. That's <laughs> uh, a good team. Give me Oregon. Penn State at Ohio State, minus 14 and a half at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'll still take Ohio State in this one. I know yeah, they had the letdown at home against Iowa. And, you know, Penn State kind of a big Michigan win uh, a couple weeks ago. 
but Ohio State, I think, is going to find a way. You know, Penn State is kind of middle of the road in the Big Ten right now, and they do things all right. You know, mm-hmm. They're not you know great at or good at you know one particular thing. Um, and it's it's a big game, so I'll have Urban Meyer throwing out some garbage points late, cover the spread. Yeah, um, I don't like. This is another game where like you'll probably see some things. I mean, if you've noticed Ohio State, that first half is when you can really jump on them. Mm, yeah, because I mean, Northwestern looked like the better team when they played in the first half. And they're clearly not. Yeah, they're clearly not that that good of a team. Um, I I think that if if Penn State could like really get things going, like take a lead in the halftime, then it'll be hard for Ohio State to cover that spread. But I think with that freshman quarterback on the road, that's what I don't like about this game. Yeah, it's a tough environment. The horseshoe there. Like I think Penn State's defense will probably do a pretty reasonable job against Ohio State. Um, but I, I just don't know if Penn State can score n- enough points to keep mm-hmm. up in this one. Yeah. Stanford at Oregon State, plus 3.5 at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Who do you have in this Pac-12 bout? Um, I've still got Stanford. Um, like I, I think Oregon State's all right, but uh, I think Stanford definitely figured things out last week by by shutting down a you know good offense from what we had seen so far this year um and i don't necessarily think oregon state will be able to stop stanford mm-hmm. from running the ball and if you let them run the ball they do pretty much everything i agree i'll take that cardinal domination up front give me stanford so mm-hmm. as far as the extra point goes my representative team michigan is not playing they have a bye so i have to pick the extra point that we specified here tennessee at alabama minus 28 and I'm taking Tennessee. Uh, these yeah, SEC games, really, you know, close competition. They're always, you know, tough fights in the SEC. And, you know, Tennessee's push teams this year. Alabama is not one to blow out teams. You know, for Ole Miss, they'll throw on some extra points. But even that one, that was a 25 nothing, you know, shutdown. So I'll take Tennessee to keep it close. Alabama wins by a good margin. But 28, it's a lot for that team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tennessee played... Played Oregon pretty close early. Obviously, that game got out of hand, but the overtime game against Georgia. Yeah, I, I don't they had think some players. That, yeah, I don't think Al, you know Alabama is not Oregon as far as like offensive scoring potential goes. They they don't beat teams like that. They beat you by you know pretty much suffocating you on defense and yeah. then and then just running the ball at you yeah, until you can't stop done. it anymore. Yeah, I. You know that Alabama's got more talent, but Tennessee definitely has some fight in them, and I think doing just fine considering how you know early it is, especially you know first year coaching and everything like that. I I think Tennessee will probably be pretty good in a few years. Like I I think they'll kind of get a little a little bit back to you know getting to better bowl games than than just you know getting into a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Alabama doesn't need to beat you by 30 points to win. They're fine with 20. What game do you have? Um, I have uh, West Virginia at Kansas State. It's a 10.5 spread. 
Um, let's see. The Wildcats. That's surprising. It's that much. Uh, yeah, I think I'll take us because we need to win some games. We need to win some road games. <laughs> yeah. If we want to get to a bowl game. So um, I think Kansas State is definitely one of those teams that we can beat if we play well enough. We don't turn the ball over, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, again, last week, Texas Tech is a very good team. I think they're even better than Oklahoma State. And um, we were with them until the thir- you know end of the third quarter. Um, it, you know, it was at home, but I think they're much better than Kansas State. Um, you know, I think I think if uh, who is it North Dakota State can go in there and beat them, yeah, I think we have a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm taking us. All right, NFL. Let's get these. Here, so we start with Dallas at Detroit, minus three for the Lions, and I'll take the Detroit Lions. Tough game last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, with just a shanked punt, really, that would have, you know, sent that game to overtime. But really bad punt field position mm-hmm. just set up the Bengals to kick a game-winning 54-yarder. Uh, that, that's heartbreaking. Uh, but it's not like you know Detroit, you know, systematically, you know, did the whole same old Lions bit that's popular here. Uh, you know, Calvin Johnson had a big, big game, and that's huge, you know, coming off an injury. Uh, and, you know, I like how Detroit's defense is generally playing overall. Uh, you know, for a unit that's typically in Detroit here, been very, very bad. So I'll I'll take the Lions. Yeah. I mean, sounds good, too. They're at home. Um, the, I mean, a lot of teams would kill to be in the division Dallas is in because mm, yeah. they'd be just fine, I think. Um, and even though they're the best team in that division, I still like Detroit in this game. Not saying much about their division. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'm surprised Detroit lost that game last week after, you know, he, Calvin Johnson pretty much gave everything he had. That was tough to listen to, I'll tell you. Um, but it's not like, it's nice to see, especially after he was having injury trouble. He's fine. Looks just fine. Um, and I think that he could have another big day against Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you 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 add in you know the other players they got there too. And I I think I like the way I think I like the way they're playing defense too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got Matt yeah, Stafford I, going up against his uh, childhood team. His you know fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, there you go. Be like, ah, oh, you should have drafted me. Yeah, Throw for four him, touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland at Kansas City minus seven and a half. Yeah, you know, what do you think about this one? Um, I think I'm still gonna go with Kansas City. You know, um, Cl- Cleveland. I, you know, ever since they they lost their the other their other quarterback, um, it's been a little bit harder mm-hmm. for them. Um not being able to finish drives and uh it's it's just tougher for them I, kansas city may have the best defense in the nfl possible yeah it they are very very good um because we all want to talk about their offense and their quarterback and you know the, the offensive genius that they have at head coach but uh it that defense is really make, and i don't i don't see how cleveland's gonna move the ball against them 
and Kansas City is turning into one of the hardest places to play. That is true. That's a big, they are big selling point. out all their games, and it's just pretty pretty amazing what's going on there. Um, so yeah, I'm all on board the Kansas City train. They got you know the the noise record there for the Guinness World Records. It's tempting to pick Kansas City for me, but I'm gonna go with Jason Campbell mixing it up, keeping the game close. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a NFL point spread upset. Kansas City still wins. Uh, Cleveland keeps it close. That's right, Tony. I'm picking the Browns, and I know I'll <laughs> regret it. Uh, San Francisco at Jacksonville plus 17. Jacksonville at home. I still don't think it matters. 17 is. Pretty reasonable for a team when it's that bad, and especially you have San Francisco and Colin Kaepernick is just going to run like mad all over them yeah. when he's not passing. So give me the Niners. I think that, like, I actually think San Francisco is better built to beat them than Denver was. Yeah. We talked about that big spread that Denver had past week. Um, yeah, I, I San Francisco's defense is going to just shut them down. I mean, they might not score. Yeah. And then. Kaepernick and <laughs> mm. I like San Francisco. New York Jets at Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus six and a half. They're six and a half point favorites. One of the afternoon games. Who do you pick against the spread for this one? Um, I'll go with the Jets. I think if they can't win, they'll keep it close. Um, because. I think New England's better than them. And even though they know New England a little bit better, I still think that they they kind of turn the corner with that game because it's really hard to, to keep to hold New England that many points. And I don't think Cincinnati is, is good offensively. I think this will be probably like a low-scoring game between both mm-hmm. teams. Yeah. So I, I think that Jets keep it close. That's why I've got it close as well. Just, you know, good, really good defenses – uh, in the NFL here, you know, top third in the league, I think at least. Uh, and you know, Jets keep it low scoring. Cincinnati could you know win by a touchdown, but mm-hmm. I have the Jets as well. So I agree. Green Bay Packers at Minnesota Vikings plus ten. Minnesota is in rough shape. Oof. Rough, rough shape. Sunday night football. Green Bay is going to come in. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw all over them. Uh, I know that's tough news with Jermichael Finley. You know, he just got out of the hospital, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for fear of paralysis, the NFL, yeah, it's, it's no good. And you get that neck injury. I think Green Bay plays inspired even on the road. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's been pretty terrible this year. Um, and they just got beat down by the other most terrible team. Mm-hmm. So, um I, I really don't see anything for the home crowd to cheer about unless they like seeing Aaron Rodgers throw touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they more than cover the 10-point spread. Then on Monday Night Football, you have an NFC West showdown where the Seattle Seahawks go to the St. Louis Rams, plus 10.5 for Seattle. Who takes this one? Um, I think I've got Seattle. Um, you know, familiar teams with each other, same division. Um, Seattle just has not been able to figure things out offensively. Sam Bradford way out of sync with all his receivers, having trouble running the ball. Um, defense hasn't been too good. 
And Seattle is one of the better teams in the league. Here's the thing. You mentioned Sam Bradford. Torres ACL out for the year. Give me the Seahawks. I mean, maybe St. Louis might have had a shot if they had their starting quarterback, but now they're bringing in I don't even know who. I I could not tell you. And that does not bode well. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's going to manage the game. They're going to cover First name, I don't even know who second name it is. <laughs> have you? Do you see the name or... <laughs> No, just I just like that when you said I don't even know who I was like, man, that's a weird name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would his first name be if his last name is I don't know who? I don't I don't know who. I don't know who. Uh oh god, now I'm curious. Teams I I don't know who the other quarterbacks are on that team. Depth chart. They it's could the like Kellen go hot. Clemens experience. Oh, I was gonna say they could Kellen go Clemens. Get see if they could get Mark Bolger out of retirement. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or for Tim Tebow. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Anything is possible. <sighs> well, we each uh, you know disagree on one game each in you know college football and pro. We have our different extra points. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I can't have another one in six week again, can I? Oh, well, we'll tune in next week and we'll find out. And just pick opposite of me if you really feel... And then, like, gonna... next week, you'll when you're busy, you'll go, like, six and a Exactly. Seven I, gotta, I gotta prepare for Yomakon. <laughs> it's gonna be madness coming up here. Um, and then to uh, touch on that World Series game that started, it's the bottom of the second, and Boston Red Sox at home are up three to nothing. Yep. They uh, like to score. They sure do. And looking at the box score here is a, uh, you know, a bases loaded double. Ah. Mike Napoli. I mean, Mike Napoli's been turned on. He's got. He really has right now. And I'm not talking like juice, like steroids, but you know, <laughs> he's got the offensive firepower. You never know in this baseball. Never, never know. <laughs> well, until next week, we're going to be watching some football, and I'm going to be painting the man cave. Going to be getting some color down there. We had some five gallons of gray primer paint go down oh, last man. weekend. So I had to listen to Lions lose during that experience. And uh, so and now we've got some more gray for actually color of paint and then some blues and blacks. It's coming together. It, it sure is. It's going to be uh, fun to watch. I just, oh, God, I just dropped the uh, purchase of the projector today. Oh, holy cow! I mean, I got it on sale at Amazon, <laughs> but it's still a one of the heftier purchases, college tuition aside, that I've oh, ever paid for in my life. But it's going to be worth it. So it's going to be an experience. Yeah, it's going to be pretty sweet. But it was to the point where, like, the credit card company is like, "Hey, fraud." Oh. Uh, <laughs> prevention maybe i'm like no no we're, we're good we're good yeah so that's what i've been dealing with and then all these videos i'm writing for yomacon so as part of the show me your news network do check out and we're going to talk about more next week because it's going to be right on the verge and i'm going to be mm-hmm. all frayed out from editing all these videos but show me your news.com in case yeah, you have to probably be a earlier show next week mm-hmm. so keep an eye out for that yep. and we're just going to be Watching some more sports. So with that, oh, ooh, 
part of what Oops. we'll talk about on Tuesday, because we'll probably when we record, NBA season starting. So yes. we'll, a little bit of a season preview there. All right. So look forward to that one. With that, I am Peter. I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take it easy.